it's important to say that the opinions shared in this episode are just that, and they're ours alone. I urge each and every one of you to do your own homework before making any decisions. I'm Andy Signor, and this is Hugging the Cactus. To ensure you never miss a story, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to all alerts. It's the only way to ensure that YouTube will keep us in your feed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Hugging the Cactus. I wanted to do a quick intro before I got to my guests because uh, I know a lot of us are struggling. A lot of us are scared. There's a global pandemic that's happening. And some say, Andy, these stories, they're not relevant right now. Uh, I taped these stories months ago and it did give me pause. Uh, but I realized now is the time more than ever. We do need distractions. And these people told me these stories. And I want to share these stories with you because they're important. These people need to be heard. Uh, and so if you know somebody affected by this pandemic we're all going through, someone who's being wronged, uh, someone who's not being heard, please submit it. This channel is for all sorts of stories, not just people who are canceled. Uh, you can submit them to me on social media, on our Facebook page, or you can email me directly at thecactushuggers at gmail.com. Another story that ended up coming to me this weekend that I was so grateful our guest was able to come uh, talk about, uh, there's a show that's uh, infiltrating all of us as we're stuck at home uh, on Netflix, and it's called Tiger King. Uh, it seems like a silly, crazy, exploitative show, uh, but if you really stick it through, which most people are doing, uh, it's really intense uh, and it really uh, made me emotional by the end uh, and it focuses on this individual joe exotic who is this larger than life character that i wish i could have interviewed here in this show he would have been a perfect subject uh but alas i'm unable to uh but i was able to find the next best thing someone who was there someone who knew the man uh and really has insight behind it all to help us sort of figure out what are we supposed to think about this show? Are we supposed to feel sorry for him at the end? Does he deserve redemption? Uh, I have so many questions and I'm so excited to ask them. Guys, here is Kelsey, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Kelsey, Saf Safari, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to ask these questions because I think like so many people, I watched this show and at first I'm sort of entertained and then I'm really affected by it and I can't really tell is this show being honest? Uh, was the show edited well? Uh, are these people happy this happened? Are we allowed to feel for Joe? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? There's so many questions that I want to get to. But I also really wanted to get to know your story because I feel like the show sort of glosses over a lot of it. Well, have you watched the show? I want to start there. You watched the show, the whole series, you're up to date? Yes, sir, I have. So what was your uh, you know, sort of experience watching it? Was it, were you happy with it? Were you not happy with it? I think I was happy with... Um production wise i mean they did an awesome they did an awesome job with it it was very entertaining you know if i was just someone sitting at home i would be completely thoroughly entertained um i think my biggest takeaway from it was that it was definitely played up for the media you know um they definitely used the worst of the worst you know so uh, i mean but from an entertainment standpoint i can understand why they did that which is why I'm glad that I was able to kind of put in my, you know, input and, and speak up for it and whatnot. Yes. And in order to do that, I think it is important. Let's set up the show a little bit clearer. So the show is called Tiger King. It's on Netflix and it follows this guy named Joe Exotic, who is now all the rage. Uh, and Joe is a uh, tiger wrangler. He owns a zoo. How would you describe Joe or even the show in a nutshell? I think in, uh, in simplest terms, man, we're all just very um, passionate collectors. You know, um, when you like something, you want to surround yourself with it. Right. If you like money, you want a lot of it. If you like cars, you got a big garage. And for us, that's that's kind of how it is. You know, you start with one animal. Next thing you know, you got 17, 20, 287, you know. Yeah, so interesting. I think that's the and best so he, way, the simplest way to describe it. And he was a collector of tigers and exotic animals. Uh, is that sort of safe to then uh, call him? Man, yeah, if that wasn't a collection, then I don't know what a collection is, you know? I'm not saying he was the biggest or the or the best, um, but he definitely was one, and that's that's a fact. So, and then his, the fact that he's collecting his animals has obviously brought up a lot of questions. There were a lot of animal rights activists and people that were coming after him. Uh, and then this, as the story progresses, Netflix definitely amps up sort of the drama. And let's be honest, there's some drama to the story, uh, including one of his biggest enemies, this woman named Carol, uh, who then he was, uh, uh, spoiler alert for the show, this is real life, so it's hard to spoil real life. Uh, but he was sent to prison for attempting to put a hit out on her. Now, I'm going to get to all those questions. I know a lot of people have questions, and I want to actually have you come back to my other channel so we can nerd out a bit more on the show but i want to before we get all to that i, I want to step back tell us about you there's a lot of people out there who are sort of speaking on your behalf uh there's a lot of people calling you oh. things uh, can you right. sort of respond and sort of tell us a little bit more well, first off where did you where did you come from how did before you even met joe can you give us a little bit about, about your just your history 
background, yeah. Um, born and raised in Hawaii. Um, spent most of my life there. I only left because I joined the military when I was 18. So, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it, you know. Um, I spent uh, time in almost every state in the military. Um, when I got out of the military, the one thing I wanted to do was just kind of find somewhere, you know, that I can... I always liked um, getting into things that most wouldn't, you know. I've always enjoyed tigers. I've always loved tigers. Um, so obviously that was at the forefront of everything. Um, and it kind of just went from there, honestly, man. I just kind of went with the with the flow. <laughs> so when I was, you know, when I got out of the military, it was like looking for the next best thing, you know, looking for something else to kind of occupy my mind, occupy my time. So then how did you meet Joe? Uh... Funny, man. Um, honestly, it was it was because I wanted to get into the business, you know. Um, I've always enjoyed tigers. I wanted to know where the next tiger I could put my hands on was. Um, and I was stationed in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, transitioning out of the Army. And uh, I found Joe on the Internet, really just a quick Google search, led to a bunch of different things. Next thing you know, I'm emailing him, and he's emailing me right back. So... That's kind of where it all started. Now, some people have said, you know, Joe is sort of uh, using everybody around him. Did you, uh, and there's a lot to unpack with that sort of thing, because I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, and, and not even just Joe. We, we get to meet other uh, tiger t people, and there's there's cult, people are using, throwing the word cults around and all this stuff uh, with his, sort of his competing friends and colleagues. Did you ever felt feel like you were being used or sort of put into this weird environment for him? Uh, did that at any point, either then, later, ever, or is this just a sort of a friend and a job you enjoyed? Uh, no, I mean, I for, for starters, I definitely enjoyed every single second of it. There wasn't a moment where I felt like I was in a position that I didn't want to be in. Um, however, you know, I, and I've said it many times before, Joe is very... He's very people forward. He's very, he knows, he's, he'll study you, you know, and then he'll know exactly what he needs to be or needs to have in order to keep you around. So if it's about using people, I guess in that situation, it's, it's a use-use relationship, you know. Um, for me personally, I, I don't think he's ever taken advantage of me. You know, people can say otherwise. Um, every decision I made was 100% my decision. Um, was it influenced? I don't know, maybe by my passion, not necessarily by our relationship, you know. Like I said, uh, 2010 is when I started. Um, 2008 is when I left. And I don't think that there was a moment where I felt like I was uncomfortable or being used. But I definitely know there were moments where I looked at myself like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know, you just keep on you just keep on moving on. I, I definitely got a lot out of the relationship, out of the partnership and out of the experience. Well, that's good to hear. And so, I mean, the people are now obviously making a lot of their opinions about you. And that's I, from what I've gathered, you've told me even before that that's why you're here now. You want to get out there and start putting the word out on your story and your side of things throughout this whole experience with yeah. Joe. That's important to you. Absolutely. 100%. You know, if, uh, if you want the story, you want the real one, right? I mean, some people want the more entertaining one. And, um, like I, like I told the producers, for the entire docu-series, I told them, you know, as long as it's exactly the way I said it, I'll, I'll work with you from beginning to end. Well, that's hard so to that do, was, right? Because they, you know, you can't promise, they can't promise that until you see it, right? right. And I've even seen an yeah. interview with them recently where they're like, some of these people aren't going to talk to us again. Uh, but you feel like you gave your truth throughout the whole piece. They they, they edited you well as how you stand in the end of this. I feel like they respected me 100%. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's get, so rewind still a bit more about you. So you, you were in the army, did all these things. You met Joe, that, that's it. And then so lions and, and tigers and all these sort of animals was sort of your calling. You find Joe, you get this opportunity to work with him and then you're just full in uh, to doing that. That That's where, that's pretty much the story. There nothing else that's sort cool. of to share from the, from your history. Uh, you know, in the beginning, cause you know, on paper, Joe seems just like your average Joe, <laughs> you know, and then, you meet him in person and every single thing that didn't run through your mind is now racing through your entire body. Like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Middle of Winniewood, Oklahoma. Um, but at, at the at the very bottom, at the very core of all that, you know, Joe's human. You know, he's got a heart. He's got a history. He's got a, a family. He's got, you know, he's got heartbreak and he's got triumph and he's got failure. I mean, we're all human and there is humanity in him. 
even though it's very, very hard to see it through all the stupid decisions he's made. <laughs> so let's get to that because that's really what I want to talk about is people who are watching this show, even Cardi B just jumped into the the limelight saying free, you know, exact joke. Uh, what, yeah. what, where do you stand on all this as you watch it? And I want to go through some of the bit by bit pieces. I have questions for you, but let's not tease it too much longer. Are we allowed to find, you know, to feel sorry? Do we feel like he's being punished? Do we feel like he's being unfairly punished? Uh, the show, and this, it's hard to, to you really got to watch the show to get sort of the breakdown of everything that's happened to him and he's accused of, because it does seem like he did do some wrong. Um, but the question is, did he do enough wrong to warrant the punishment he received? Where do you stand on all that? How, how should we be viewing Joe from your eyes? I think uh, where I stand is from a, a relevancy, you know, standpoint, you know, um, to a canary, a cat is a monster, right? It's all relevancy. So Joe can be a monster in so many people's eyes if they see what he's doing as as horrible things. Um, I, Like you said, I agree. He has done some very unfavorable things. Um, he has a lot to say, and he's not afraid to say it. And I think that's where this entire thing kind of derived from, is that you know he was the loudest one out there. You know, if he hadn't said anything, then this just would be another he said, she said case and wash it off at that. Um, do I believe that he should be in prison? I don't know. I think that he should uh, he should have a different attitude on the entire thing in general, because from my standpoint, I thought it started with the animals. And I think my biggest quarrel with all that is that the end result had nothing to do with animals. So yeah. that's my big, you know, punch about it all is, um, where's the, where's the animals in concern to all of this in general? It's nowhere. Yeah. And that's yeah. interesting because that's what the documentary at the, by the end sort of really focuses on, which would made me like it more because they did sort of catch Joe in a moment. That chimpanzee moment, they end on the end is really just sort of hits. It's such a simple, small moment, but you really, feel the heartbreak and the, what are we doing? So that, that's where I want to go to of like, what, what, what do you feel like he was conserving animals? Do you feel like you were, do you feel like this was the lesser of evils than sort of what, where they might be like, and then it's like comparing to what Carol's doing with big cat rescue. She does seem a bit hypocritical because yes, she has bigger cages, but she's still seeming more obsessed with putting them in, the, in that preserve than actually trying to figure out how to help them in the wild. So it is sort of a really yeah. frustrating scenario if you're watching them all. And even the one who's, who's calling herself the hero needs to really look in the mirror a little deeper after all the donations she's accepting of sort of doing the same thing. But do you think any of these are, are actually right? Or do you think, you know, yes, there needs to be some sort of, you know, tiger sanctuaries that sort of can help keep them going. What are your stances on all that? I think, and this is on, you know, very small, just me at home on my phone, you know, uh, research here. So it's not very educated, I should say. But um, I think that in the United States, our issue is we want to feel good about what we're doing. And the only way we can feel good about what we're doing, for the most part, is if other people recognize that. And I think that's what the industry has come down to now. It's not about what we're actually doing. It's about what other people make us feel good about doing, right? Um, so, yeah, it would be amazing, dude, if we could, you know, find a place where it's... Uh, it's just somewhere for them to go because captive born, captive bred, captive stay. They can't leave captivity once they are a part of captivity. So that's her biggest fit on us breeding was you're creating more problems. And I'm just trying to solve the, the problems that are remaining or that are already existing, whatever the case is. These animals have to go somewhere is, is the biggest thing, right? Um, and they can't go back to the wild on top of the fact that there isn't much of a wild for them to go back to. So that's, that's the big issue. That's what I was kind of focused on in the beginning. You have small, tiny little battles, you know, you win small, tiny little wars. Like, um, Hey, I just saved two tigers in the middle of Luther, Oklahoma, two tigers and a bear needed a home. I went out, I got them, I gave them a home. They're eating and sleeping soundly tonight. And I did that. Right. But at the end of the day, now, the bigger battle is that I have three more animals on top of the 200 animals I already had to feed and clean and take care of and tend to. 
you know, for the rest of their life. And that's just the, the adult animals, you know, and every baby that's born, everyone knows this, turns into an adult animal and there's more and more. Uh, one of the biggest things, and I hope people heard this and, and kind of it, it resonated, was that they said there is more in captivity than there is in the wild. And you could look at that one of two ways. You could look at that. That's amazing. We've more than doubled the uh, population of this endangered species. Or you can look at it like, man, the only reason that we have so many in captivity is because these captive animals are being used to do just that. So it's, and, and, and I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's how you perceive it, you know? In my opinion, I love tigers. I want to see more of them. I want my children to be able to see them and, and not just read about them in books. I want them to be able to see them and touch them with their own hands. And that's the only way we're going to be able to do it. So, so what it's do you, just a yeah, no, and I respect, I think you're, you're, it is, it's a tough conversation. I think there's ex two excites extreme, right? And there's a lot of animal rights groups and stuff. There's like, no, 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 no. But then they're, they're, they're denying the thing you just said of, well, how else are we going to get more of these out there? I think the big question comes down from, you know, it's the breeding, right? Breeding them to get photo ops is where things get a little sketchy. Uh, and then yes. I, I had a question here and it's actually because my sister who I've been watching is a big fan. So she went, I was like, do you have any questions uh, regarding the animals that were euthanized and for which Joe was convicted? What was the rationale for the euthanasia among the workers? Was it understood as an unfortunate fact of life uh, as a for-profit business or as a crime? What would have been the alternative for those animals take shelter to like someone like carol's like I thought that was a great question i just wanted so thank you jen what are your what is your response to that no that is a good question um there is always an alternative um in his opinion and this was him just talking i don't know what interview he gave he said that he put them down because they were suffering um and and that's <laughs> that's a judgment call you know i personally wasn't there so i can't speak on it personally um, I can just speak on it from my experience with him. Um, I have seen animals on the brink of now you have to question whether or not there's quality of life. Um, and that's a hard that's a hard call, because if you look at it in a human perspective, no one can judge that. No one can say his quality of life is is not good. I have to decide whether or not he should live. Right. That's a hard that's a hard decision to make in any. In right. Any and one we're facing um, right now in hospitals today, ironically. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so you have to get down to the to the animalistic bare bones of it. Um, I don't want anything, human, animal, anything to suffer in front of my eyes. If I if there's something I can do about it. Um, were those animals one of these? You know, were they suffering? I don't know. I wasn't there. So it, if you're asking me if the employees had any say in it, absolutely not. No. Did you know it was happening, I guess, is the second question. I mean, were, was that something sort of that was like happening behind the scenes that you suspected and just hoped it wasn't? Or was that something that if you saw happen, you know, you or any of those guys would have been like, you know what? No, I mean, it was uh, sorry, I'm trying to I'm still fresh on it. But, uh, for example, it was uh, one of your the, the co-workers there. His name, not John, Eric. Eric went and testified and sort of seemed to be really bothered by this. Like, and that seemed to be the reason why he went and did testify against him was because he's like, this wasn't fair to those animals. Uh, and then someone like uh, it was John sort of didn't. Uh, it seemed like all of you were sort of wrestling with the loyalty to Joe, which, you know, did, did he mean it? To me, that was the most interesting struggle of it all. And I feel like you, you've handled it pretty fairly. And uh, But did you guys know or did some of them know or did you feel like do you have regrets and not speaking up further? Or is that just sort of a necessary part of the job that you thought, you know what, it sucks, but there's still a greater good here that we're saving a lot of these other animals? Yeah, um, man, that's a great question. You know, I I actually can personally only speak for myself. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you my experience. Yes, I have seen that happen before. Yes, I have spoke up about it. Um, and, you know, like I, like I said from the beginning, Joe knows exactly what to say to you to make you feel like this is a great decision. You should be on board for this. Um, and it, it, was, it was always that is a negative, but look at all the positive that we can do. And, and, I, and from my takeaway, that's what got me. Hey, yes. This one cage that had this one tiger that was suffering is no longer suffering. And this one cage now can house, you know, another two that need the home. So something like that is, is usually the case in, in uh, situations. Um, I did say from the beginning that I 
I went there for a reason and I left for a reason. And that reason is the exact same thing. The reason I came on board is because I seen an opportunity to be a part of animal advocacy, to be a part of living my dream out, man. This was a dream of mine, you know? Um, and I left because I didn't see that anymore. So when did that you, incident, um, that when, were, when did you leave though? Just to clarify. That incident, I left in June of 2018. And so what triggered that? That was when, uh, uh, what's his name, um, came in? or so, Honestly, it, it actually, I, I physically left the park in um, October of 2017. When did Jeff, um, sorry, I, I'm trying to get my names correct too, but it was like Jeff Lowe when he came in and sort of redid things. Was, that, was it at that same time? Um... Well, Jeff's, Jeff's been on the park and has been a part of it since 2000 and beginning of 2017, I'm sure. I could have my dates wrong. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure because, again, I wasn't a part of that transaction. Um, I just met Jeff as, hey, Sap, this is the new investor and Got his it. girlfriend. So. Got it. That, that's how I met Jeff. It was a handshake thing. Um, I was busy with the animals, so I just kind of moved on with my day. Um. And then he's he's always been a part of it, just not hasn't been very vocal about anything, not to me at least. I didn't ask any questions; he didn't answer any. Um, but uh, I, when I left, Jeff was obviously the the owner. Joe was the entertainment director, um, still very much a part of it. The reason I did leave, physically leave the park, is because of the Travis incident. And I know if you have seen the series, you know about yes. the Travis incident. Yeah. Right. Um, Man, that hit hard, you know, and and the way that Joe took it with me, um, I just couldn't be I just couldn't be a part of it anymore, man. I really couldn't, you know. I was already starting to lose faith in the fact that the animals have been pushed to the back, you know. Um, the humanity of it all, I could I couldn't see it anymore. I seen I seen none of it, and that's why I left. Yeah, no, that moment, I mean, for those who haven't watched the show, it's a very tragic moment that really sort of the movie, the show feels a little silly at times and sort of reality show craziness. And that's when everything sort of smacks everybody in the face. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so, I mean, and, and it's just, uh, it, it just makes the show that much more uh, fascinating and just important because you're really watching something needed to sort of, I feel like smack some of these people in the face. And it's so tragic that that's what it was. Uh, but it really, you can tell like the whole thing, pivots once that moment happens because it's not really just games anymore there's there's really there were lives at stake um so that was that was truly one of the the saddest parts of that whole experience uh so i, I get it and then it seemed like you know the, the show the show i'm calling it it's real life but the way that's edited sort of seemed to then sort of i don't know did was he sad was joe did that really affect him do you think because the show sort of shows him sad but then he's still, you know, the showman that he is. And then he's sort of finding the next guy immediately. And who am I to judge? Some some people heal that way. Uh, but was that was that real emotion for Joe since you were there? Can you sort of uh, help clarify that? He, yeah. No, I can definitely say he was he was heartbroken, man. You know, he he loved Travis. You could see that in their everyday thing. Um, and and like you said, he did he did react to it in a very odd way. You know, he moved on awfully quickly, but that's that's on him. Um, but from what I know, from what I saw personally, that was a heartbroken man. He lost someone he loved that day. That's a fact. A lot of us did. So how much of, uh, and I believe that, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's important. I mean, and that since you knew the man, like how, how much was a show through what, through what we watched and how much was just a guy just craving attention? Like so many of us out there in the world, like, do you, do you feel like, he was a bad person, uh, and do you think we got a good shake of him based off what we saw on that show? Oh, you guys got you guys got a hundred percent him. I mean, that's the Joe you see on a daily basis. He is always that flamboyant. He is always that outspoken. Um, he is the he's always that extreme. You know, um, I think what they didn't capture as as best as they could have, but it's again because I've seen him on a day to day basis for almost ten years is the the human in him you know they showed little bits about um his family life and his family history and whatnot and that was important and that was real um but i got to see you know the joe that has to be up every single hour of the night because he has nine babies 
beasts to feed in the house. And he did it himself, you know. Uh, there was a few of us who did it, but for the most part, it was he was the one getting up, taking care of those babies on a on a nightly basis, on an hourly basis. You know, um, if an animal was sick, man, he used to go sit and eat with his chimpanzee every single morning. He would eat breakfast with her every morning. It was a part of their routine, you know. And that's the stuff that they didn't show. I mean, they showed bits and pieces, but they didn't explain it. Um, if you didn't have cigarettes, or you didn't have food, or you didn't didn't have a jacket. He'd give you the one off his back. But on the flip side of that, and, and you guys take this how you want to take it. I know how I took it. On the flip side of that, there was always a camera around. That's just that's just how life was with him. So yeah. So did he did he have like a different persona off the cameras? Is I guess what I'm trying to figure out. Like was there uh was there a version of him when he sort of you know, the cameras weren't there and he was different or was that just sort of always him? He was always on and he liked the cameras to be there. The cameras were always there is what I'm trying to say. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a, another version of him. He is whatever he needs to be. Honestly, he'll be anything you want. You need him to be, you know, a country singer. He'll be a country singer. You need him to be the paramedic. He'll be a paramedic. You need him to just sit there and listen to you. That's that's going to be your hardest your hardest bet right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up the country singer. That's interesting because as now people are, you know, this is blowing up. As I imagine, I want to get to sort of your as we wrap up, we'll get to there. But the whole country singing thing, like he now we're reading stories that he was sort of telling you all, no, that's me singing, that's me singing, and now it's proved no, there were like two other country singers that actually were recording that for him for his TV show. Was he, did, was, why, why was he lying about stuff like that? Or was that just sort of, he was making an act? Do you feel like, does that sort of speak to his character of like he needed to sort of trick people in a way? Like what, what yes. is your rationale behind that? I'm not going to sit here and say that that was his intent, but it's pretty, it's pretty obvious what his intent was. I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I knew, you know, you can tell, you talk to him for 15 minutes, for 15 seconds you know that that's not his voice on either one <laughs> right <laughs> um, so i mean common sense is really all you needed in that one but i don't know yeah I, I think it is i think that's what it is you know the magazine cover things um this, the dvds of the music videos and all that i mean it was creative and it was all joe man that's that's joe to the max you know if someone asked me to explain him then that's exactly what i would say right <laughs> Right. He's a showman. He was a showman. Sure. The great, the greatest showman. Yeah, like P.T. Barnum. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So then we got to talk about Carol. That's sort of the biggest thing that the, everyone online is loving this. And I, you, you seem like a level-headed person who doesn't want to really throw anybody under the bus. And I respect the hell out of that. But let's talk about Carol because I, I have this problem when I watch Carol. And you, you may, I guess you've never met her. You only sort of knew her through what Joe said, correct? Um, through what Joe said, we've, she's reached out a few times, especially after my incident, um, which I'm sure I knew that was coming. Um, I never responded to her ever, you know, I had no intentions or no need to, to speak to her whatsoever. Um, but yeah, from what I hear from, if I go based off of what I hear from Joe, she's the worst person in the world. If I go based off of, you know, her own YouTube videos or her own, you know, Facebook videos, She's different. She's very different. <laughs> Do you feel like based off of what you see, like, is it fair for us to sort of see her as a hypocrite, I guess, is what I is the big question I think is sort of fair to answer because I've talked to people because I'm in Tampa where she where Big Cat Rescue is. And so I've been starting to get some more information. And the, the few people I've talked to like, no, she really is helping animals. Like she really does do a lot of great work for helping animals. And I think that is getting undercut. And it does seem just like you guys could argue you were too, right? Uh, so, but the question is, was it fair for her to come at you guys and so many others, given that, you know, her cages were just bigger uh, and she had more money to sort of do more valiant efforts. But was it fair for her to come after you and so many others? Uh, do you think? Uh, fair. I mean, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> I think that she had a mission. Her mission was to stop pet, you know, petting cubs and stop breeding cubs. And, and as far as that goes, um, I think it's it's a fair mission, you know, everyone's got their dream and she wants to see a world where people aren't breeding cubs just to use them as props, right? I completely understand that. Um, but 
exploitation of animals is exploitation of animals. Exploitation of anything is exploitation. You know, so uh, I guess you, it could go either way, man, honestly. Everybody needs to do what they need to do to survive in the industry, right? And um, unfortunately, animals are a very big part of that. There is, unless you have a money tree, there is absolutely no way that you can have these animals in a safe place that is standard according to everyone, you know, that's looking in, um, you know, and not get into a hole or get into a pickle where you're like, how am I going to support this place? Right. So she found her way to support her place. Joe found his way to support his. If they shook hands and called it a day, it would have been fine. Everyone would have went about their merry way. But that's not the case. What do you think of her response to the documentary by saying that she was bamboozled? Um, do you do you feel like those guys were doing that? Do you do you have any insight based on your experience with the filmmakers? Do you think that's a defense mechanism, or do you think you know? Because because when I watch it, I have trouble because I'm like, well, they're asking you about your dead husband. Like they're asking you the questions. If you don't want to turn it into that, don't answer them, right? And so she was doing a lot of responses and things that sort of. If I'm if I'm a rational sane person, I'm going to be like, yeah. why are you asking me these questions, yeah. right? And so it seems odd that now suddenly you're going to come around and say, well, no, no, it's turning to this. Uh, I mean, look, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not going to accuse her of anything. Obviously, I, I don't know the woman. I don't know what happened. But I feel like the documentary does a good job in following that thread because I'll be honest, there are some loose ends there that feel a little. <laughs> I got to ask the questions, no? So what what do you think of all that? Um, I think that everyone was pretty spot on honestly man i mean from the ones that i know personally i've worked with on a daily basis all the way to the ones that i've never met in person but have dealt with just because we're in the animal industry carol included um i i think everyone is pretty spot on and i don't think anyone was bamboozled it was a documentary man it was literally taking what they have on film or taking what they have in wording or what they said and just putting it all together in one big show, you know? And, and I get that editing can kind of uh, change the story or, or make it go in a direction or whatnot, but no, no way. That's not how it is. Not on this one. Well, especially if you're telling the truth, right? If you got something to hide, don't sign up for a documentary is, I guess, the lesson everyone at home should, should learn. Uh, and then... Go ahead. Yeah. What, so then I want to talk about, obviously, the arm. They, they use the moment of the arm. And then it's interesting to know that Carol then responded to you to try and use that for her own benefit. Walk us through that because, you know, I think some people are watching that going, what do you do? You didn't just take the therapy to get your, your hand. It's your hand, yeah. not your arm. But because uh, you, you, in the show, if you guys haven't watched and you're watching this still, uh, you know, uh, Saf loses uh, a hand. Uh, and uh, you decide yeah. sort of the doctors say, well, it'll take a couple years of sort of recuperation recovery or we can just amputate. And you, without a doubt, go like, let's amputate. I got to get back to work. It seems like you did it for the animals. <laughs> uh, sort of walk us through that, that thought process again. Now, and then watching it sort of in the documentary, uh, what did you think? Oh, man, I, I think that um, they, they did well portraying it. They didn't do much on it. It was really quickly um, just kind of, hey, this happened on this day, whatever. It was, it was October 5th. It was a Saturday. Um, it was a typical work day for us, you know? And uh, when, when the incident happened, my, my initial reaction was, I have tiger cage o cages open. I have customers on park. I have employees in tiger cages right now. So I was like, I was kind of in a panic, you know, like, holy smokes, this is the worst timing for this. <laughs> um, so once all that was settled, once all the cages were secure and the, the customers were off park, I was actually sitting in the ambulance in the back of the park. And I remember looking at Joe going like, hey, what do we do from here? You know, because he was obviously distraught. I don't know anything that happened when I wasn't around, which, you know, they kind of put a little bit of that into the uh, documentary. Um, but my biggest concern was I know that this is going to be a storm and I want to know what I can do to make it better since I'm at the core of it. Um, so before I even hit the helicopter ride to the hospital, in my head, I knew the only thing I can do is get back here as soon as possible, you know. Um, and then, of course, once I hit the hospital, they went ahead and put me in surgery and, and got it all bandaged up and taped and all that. And I actually had a hand, a functioning hand. Um, 
and then the doctor came in and said, hey, it's going to be about two years of reconstructive surgery. I can't give you a percentage of what it's going to be, you know, as far as m movement or use or capability and all that, but maybe two, two some odd years. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you can take that. You can amputate it. And I'll go on with my day. And he did. Did, did, did just that. Does a, a doctor doesn't like attempt to be like, whoa, hold on, let's talk this through. Was there anyone in your life sort of doing that? Because that's a that is an insanely drastic decision to make, and, and not it no was. judgment. But what what was and the sort honestly, of the thought? The thought process was just, I got to get back to work. Right. What a lot of people don't know is that he actually said that he would have amputated above my elbow. So I thought it was going to be more of an amputation than it actually was. I'm only missing about two inches of my wrist and then my left hand. So above the elbow, and I was still, I was still like, just take it off. I'll manage. I'll deal. I'll get, you know, I'll get back to it whenever. Figure it out. Um, but yeah, the doctor didn't try to, didn't try to sway me, and not that I know of. Family members a little bit, you know. They're like, you know, this is a huge. At that point, it was already done. It was, I had already amputated it. It happened so fast. You know, within two days, I had made a decision that changed my life from that point forward. When do so, you have, you know, regrets? Like, is there ever a part of you that says, like, man, maybe I really should have thought that? Or do you not think that way? You just, you know, you got to you gotta move forward. I think, no, I think there's there's moments when I, uh, I get a little frustrated. Um, but, no, I don't think I've ever sat down and said, man, I should have. You know, two years after my amputation, two years after the incident, um, I'm pretty sure I said, man, it's it's two years later. I could have two functioning hands, you know, but eh, I, I don't look at it too deeply. I get I get by pretty well just one handed. Do you think like the military training, like wh where, where do you think that came from you in, in your in your core? I mean, to make that choice and not only make the choice, but I'm just admired, admiring just sort of how you're like, it is what it is like that. Not a lot of people have that sort of wherewithal or, or ability to sort of be like, look, I'm not going to keep focusing on the, on the past and what I don't have. Where do you think that comes from? I think it definitely comes from just a, a strong mentality, man. I, my family for sure, my family structure and whatnot, my family dynamic. Um, and then, yeah, definitely the military changes you a lot. So a combination of, of the two, I'm, I'm not even sure. <laughs> it's just how I felt. It's how I've always felt. I've always been a little bit reckless in my life. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of decisions that I've made that most wouldn't. So this was just par for the course for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, wow. Fascinating. And, and good for you. I'm, 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 again, I'm just impressed by the, the ability to say, yeah, what, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Uh, so good on you. Uh, let's talk about sort of how people are, people are calling you names. People are calling you the lesbian. People are, are out there sort of <laughs> identifying you. Uh, and then even I was sort of, what, what do I, because there's been people vocal about, well, you gotta say this or say that. Do, do yeah, you have any, I, I don't, yeah. you know, it's none of my business, but at the same time, do you, do you have any comments or sort of reactions to any of that sort of people come out of the word work to sort to talk about you in that way yeah well that's why i'm here you know i i like to speak for myself um and i i don't like to tell other people what they should or shouldn't do you know you just do you and i'll do me um i am not offended i'm not defensive you know i'm i'm cool man i don't care i really don't i appreciate it you know i appreciate people standing up i think you should stand up well, for what you think is right. Um, in this case, I just think it's so, it's so minor, dude. I'm not even stressing over it. I'm really not. So you don't have any preferences or ways of – because I even asked him, like, because there's uh, one of the, the guys behind the podcast, like, you know, you have to call him Saf. Otherwise, it doesn't they're, – they're, just, so, just so I ask and I'm clear out of respect, it does nothing – it does nothing – there's no request from you or any bothering about how people label you or call you. Not at all. I mean, if you're talking to me and I know that, that's all that matters <laughs> to me. So do you, uh, what is your reaction to all these people just reacting to the show in general? I mean, like, it's, it's ginormous. Are you feeling that? Are you starting to see, like, the sort of enormity of what this show is becoming? And how are you handling that? Honestly, uh, I had no idea how hyped it was, honestly. I did watch it um, because my sister... Um, so it was family members that pointed it out to me. They were like, hey, like, did you see all of this that's going on with you right now? And I was like, well, I did it. I really had no idea. I kind of stay out of all of that 
you know, the news, the hype, the media, especially with the this thing going on, I, I don't care to know any more about it. I just want to live my life. Um, but when she pointed it out, obviously I went, I went looking, you know, I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know, what's being said. So, and then once I got into it, I was like, man, I hope it's all about, you know, where is SAF now? What is SAF doing now? And, and I just wanted to make sure that the answers that were out there were mine. That's my biggest thing. Sorry. Right, so let's clarify. Where is SAF now? <laughs> <laughs> SAF is in California. I'm in California right now. Um, I moved away from Oklahoma actually in 2019. And I've been in California since January of this year. Um, and I, I'm loving it, man. I love it out here. Aside from everything being shut down, it's, it's closest to the beach I'm going to get. <laughs> Do you keep in touch with everybody like from the show or, I mean, is there anybody or did, is that sort of a, a, is there a group of you and you don't have to name names, but I'm just curious, like, are you guys in communication since this show is gone? Uh, anything you can uh, elaborate there? I don't know if they are. When I removed myself in 2018, I haven't spoke to anyone since. So, um, even even like my cell phone number is different, so they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to contact me there. Um, I don't even know if if most of them know that I left Oklahoma. Pretty sure most of them think I'm still there. Well, they're gonna find out soon enough that you're not. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? It's not, not. I'm not hiding or anything. I'm just. I just had to get away from it all. Really, was what it was. I couldn't walk into anywhere without talking about it. And it's like, man, the last thing I want to do is talk about my past life. I just want to move on. And you know, the best thing, the best way you can move on is to leave it in the past. You know. So, is this a struggle for you to talk about now, or is it freeing in a way? Like, how how does it feel to have to no, revisit all this through the show? I mean, people are now not only asking questions, but they're seeing your life, uh, and now they're all wanting to know these questions. How does that feel? It's, it's a lot easier to talk about it now that the show's out because most of the questions are coming from something they've seen. So it has some kind of reference or context. Um, and, and a lot of the questions are already answered. So it's mainly commenting on the question that they, have, they had answered by the show. Um, so yeah, it's a lot easier to talk about it now that the show's out. All right, and I have another question of, did you eat any of the Walmart meat or the Walmart meat pizza? <laughs> Yeah, see, and then that's another thing that I think was kind of blew up on the on the show, you know. Um, no, man, uh, <laughs> we had we had that truck come in twice a week, fully loaded with meat, and you know, once those rumors started coming out, we went from like a fully loaded truck to like a quarter loaded truck, and in my opinion, the only things that ended up suffering from that was the animals. You know, now I have less these animals to indulge in man i could feed them 20 pounds of meat a day on a daily basis down to i'm trying to split you know 200 pounds of meat amongst 40 50 cats that's that's hard yeah i mean that was that was a hard part to watch as an animal lover you're watching some of these moments you're like oh is this better but i guess that's what you're wrestling with because what's the alternative you got you still got to figure it out you can't let these animals just go away uh whether he has the meat or not you as a worker are there just sort of figuring out well we got to do the best we can do oh yeah oh yeah that's exactly what it was you know it's now now we're like what are we gonna do (laughs) so um we did we we just like i like i said you know he always found a way to make money um he always found a way to, to to figure it out man honestly we would collect scrap metal or we would um go visit farms that we never visited before and ask them if they would like to donate any of theirs. We put up flyers or posters and, and handed them out around town, you know? For, for as we wrap this up, and I appreciate you giving us all this candor, getting back to sort of Joe, are we allowed to see him as a hero? Like, or, or not, hero is a wrong word. Are we allowed to see him as the, uh, as a person who's been wronged in this? Do you feel like he was wronged in this? And as viewers, can we sympathize for him? Uh, or do you think, you know what, he, he did some wrongs and he should pay the price for those, those wrongs? Uh, where, where do you stand on that? It, should Cardi B, should be raising a free, uh, you know, Joe fund like she's doing? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think everyone should kind of, should kind of look at, at the human in this. Um, Joe's a human who had a dream. He did everything that he could to get his dream. Um, in my opinion, it's ironic because this is exactly what Joe wanted, is for the entire world to fiend over him, whether it was hate him, 
love him, want to free him, want to bury him. This is what he wanted. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Joe got what he wanted anyway. Do you think that's good for him in a way? Do you think he'll learn from that? Do you think he'll be a better person because of it? Because I've seen interviews now where he's talking about now he wants to work on prison reform because he sees how terrible it is. Uh, do you do you think he's got it in him now to sort of actually, you know, come out from this as a better man? Joe's always had that. Joe's always had an opinion on anything that he's been involved in. Joe is not any different right now than he was when I met him 10 years ago, except, you know, now he's in prison. Now he's in the cage. That's the only difference. Have you talked to him or would you talk to him? I spoke to him one time. Um, he called me from prison and uh, I spoke to him and it was, it was about the fact that I went and visited his mom because I think she deserved to see a familiar face, you know, just let her know that people still care, people still, you know, thinking about her. We didn't. I wanted her to know personally that even though I left the park, I she was still on my mind, you know, and um, and that was the only time, the first and last time I spoke to Joe since he's been in prison. Well, you seem like a very amazing person, uh, kind heart, and I just I think as people are seeing, like just very loyal because even though you know people are are quick to judge Joe or come at him right now through all of this you've kept very level-headed about it all. And that's why I think people are connected to you in the documentary. Uh, that's why I, you were one of the fav my favorite people on the show, because you didn't just throw him under the bus. And, and there are people that came up and got angry, and, and that happens sometimes. Uh, but was that, was that intentional on your part? Did that just, is that just the way you are? I mean, <laughs> I, I said it, you know, that I don't want to incriminate anybody, and I don't want to, uh, to support anybody in this. I just want to move on from this, you know? Um, I don't know how else to emphasize that my, my entire thing was in getting into the animal industry was to be able to work with the animals. And none of this has anything to do with that. So, no. I just, I, I think I, at this point, in fact, throughout the entire thing, um, since it started, I just don't have any interest in inflaming any of that. So, I leave it alone. You know, I tell them I answer the questions I know I can answer and, and the rest is is on them. You know, did anyone try to come at you to, to help you with the trial? And was that a choice you made or you just weren't even asked? I, they did. They uh, they asked me multiple times. And I told them multiple people and multiple times. And I told every single one of them. I, don't, I just have no interest in participating. And there was a there was a quote I was looking for. I think I believe it was Josh, who, who I also really liked in the documentary. He was a, he seemed like the, another genuine person that in that mix. But where he's like, you're either on Team Joe or Team Government, and how terrifying that was. And so it does, you know, there is a part of you watch this documentary. You're like, did did he really does deserve all that time? I mean, was he really doing things that other people out there weren't? Not to say that that's right, and he shouldn't pay some penalty. But you know, I, I watched that, and I I do feel sorry for him, and and I. I feel sorry because I don't know if what he actually got sent away for was really what he should have been sent away. You know what I mean? It 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 does it offers a lot of questions. And so, where do you where do you think this can go? I mean, this is clearly becoming very popular. Do you hope there is some sort of justice for Joe in the end of this? Uh, do you hope he gets out early? Do you hope that sort of fans sort of rally for that, or do you know? Do you think he deserves some time away to sort of find himself in a new in that new environment? Um, I think it's sad that there's a possibility that that man could die in prison. I mean, I don't think anyone should, but I think it's sad that there's a possibility that he could. Um, and, and as far as, you know, my takeaway, I just, I just hope one day that everyone can see this for exactly what it is, man. It, it was the, the ultimate American greed, you know what I mean? In, in all parties. Um, and that's what I mean when I say, you know, Joe got what he wanted anyway. The the fame, you know, the or infamy, whatever it's called, he's everywhere now, you know? So whether it's in that cell or sitting at home, I can tell you he's happy about this entire situation.
that I believe that wholeheartedly, given how Joe was, uh, and it is ironic how it, it ended. Uh, I have so many more questions I want to ask, and I have some more some more fun stuff about the show. And I hope are you down to do another uh, talk with me strictly about Tiger King? Oh, Maybe get some fan questions. Are you open to that? Absolutely. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, and Sive, where can people find you? Is there anything you want to do, sort of plug or, or send people uh, to send your uh, your oh, way? No. Yeah, I um, I, I do have all my social media platforms. I'm out there, man. And and the reason that I'm out there is, like I said, like I've told you from the beginning, I want to make sure that you know people hear my answer. Um, man, I just don't like anyone talking for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm out there on on Instagram and Facebook and all that. I don't, I'm not very good at adding you or following you or or whatnot, but I, I am very good at responding. I'll respond. If you got any questions, I'll, I'll answer them. It's funny because I was looking for you on Twitter and I saw Kelsey. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is really you. We're talking. So thank you for confirming. Uh, if people do want to reach That's out to Kelsey, you can do it on Twitter. Uh, I have the uh, have the information on the screen. I'll put it down below. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me. I look forward. Let's we're, let's get some fan questions rallying. Uh, you'll join us over again on Popcorn Planet on my entertainment site uh, where we'll talk a little bit more about the show, the production, some of those questions. Uh, thanks again so much for sharing your story and helping us uh, get some insight on Joe. Uh, he's a fascinating man. Uh, and I, I appreciate you standing by him, even amongst sort of the, the troubling things. As you said, he's human. That's what this channel's about. We're all human. We all make mistakes. And I think uh, I'm glad to hear from someone who knows him that, you know, we, we, we don't have to judge him for all the worst things. Uh, there's a lot of positive qualities to still uh, judge him by that I, I'm going to continue to do. And I, I look forward to seeing where this goes. Who knows where this is going to go, yeah. right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's open-ended for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you again so much. It's so It's been so fun to talk to you. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can hear more stories like these by supporting us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Please go leave us a good review and rating to help others find us. And if you know of a story that is worth sharing on this series, please reach out to me, Andy Signor, on social media, or visit Hugging the Cactus on Facebook. I'd also like to thank all of our Kickstarter donors. I couldn't have done this without you. If you'd like to support this series to keep it going, you can visit uncancelled.com. See you next episode.